0: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasinocom No purchase necessary. by law. 18 terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: This episode of the Churros Tacticas Podcast Transfer Deadline Edition is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and they gave us, and all of our listeners, 20% off and free shipping over on manscaped.com with the code CHURROS, C-H-U-R-R-O-S, code CHURROS over on manscaped.com. Shout out to pierre Obama Yang who went to Barcelona and then realized he forgot his manscape in London, so now he's out. I think reports, uh, latest from Fabrizio Romano is... Um, Obama went to London because he, he forgot his manscaped tools. Diego, this is transfer deadline day. I know you've had a crazy busy day at Barca Studios. I'm sure you manscaped this morning before you headed out.
2: Yeah, you know I had to manscape on transfer deadline day because if I don't, uh, it just be- the day just becomes increasingly more ugly. You got to be nice and smooth for these kind of days. Otherwise, things don't go smoothly. And on transfer deadline day, that could bring ugly, ugly results. So you're absolutely damn sure that I Manscaped. And like you said, shout out to Obama Young for uh, flying back to London to pick up his kit. Because what's he going to do? You know, he can't leave that stuff at home. Got to bring it over.
1: Listeners get 20% off and free shipping over on Manscaped.com with the code CHURROS. Your balls will thank you and enjoy today's Transfer deadline edition of the Churros y Tacticas podcast. Hello and welcome to a deadline day edition of the Churros Itacticus podcast. This is your host Kian Sabani, Sabani, and I'm really excited about today's episode. I'm my, I'm slurring my words. It is currently 6 p.m. CET, which means if anything happens after this, so sorry, we it's not our fault. Um, you can send all your complaints to at Diego Lodin on Twitter. And or you can just wait for our analysis on Friday or something or just check our Twitters for any further announces. But as of right now, we just have a lot of kind of just fluff to talk about and nothing official. So joining me on his drive home from Barca Studios with palm trees in the background, as I can see in his in his uh through his sunroof. How you doing, Diego? What's
2: up, man? It's it's transfer deadline day. It's a manic day for all sports journalists and uh, Barca Studios is no different. Uh, I'm just leaving the studios after like a nine almost 10 hour day where we're, we're trying to record cooles magazine and in the end basically had to do four different versions of the show uh you know in case uh, the different scenarios play or play out or don't play out and uh it's what we're here to discuss um and i'm excited for it man
1: well, I you know, the a lot of the movement came from some of the other Spanish teams, which we can we can kind of hit as we go through this podcast. We don't have that much time. I think we have about half hour max. So um why don't we start with the most fascinating subject to me? And that is last week I floated the idea of Obama Yang to you as well as Adama Traore. Yes. And uh, neither of those were really a thing until they became a thing. You guys brought in that Adama travel. We already discussed that last podcast. We're not going to do that today. We discussed that over on Patreon.com slash And then Obama Yang appeared in Barcelona for um, what they're now labeling as a holiday, which I call BS because nobody just randomly goes to on a quote-unquote family holiday by themselves. For a couple hours and then flies back to London and says, well, that was a great city. I'm so glad I I, I snuck into the airport for that. Apparently, talks broke down between Barcelona and Arsenal because, as David Ornstein reported, issues over the salary. Wow. Yeah. I think it's a, to be honest, I think it's a W for you guys. I don't see how he fits. I mean, much like I don't even really see how Adama fits. I mean, I do to an extent, but he's not a Barca-type player. And you guys have Abde there. You have Dest already. So how that works, I don't know. But I kind of, well, can you talk us through that? Like, are you relieved that this seems to have been broken down right now? Well, um, with, uh, you
2: know, there's still being six hours left in the transfer market. And we've seen crazy things happen on these transfer deadlines day. Um, You'll have to excuse me. And hopefully our listeners will understand that uh, I'm not going to go full out on expressing my uh, personal views on uh, the now non-signing of uh, Pierre-Emerick Obama Young, (laughs) the... uh, Gab- Gabonese? Gab- 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 Gabonese? Uh, what do you call people in English? Uh, from?
1: Uh, I think Gab- Gabonese is accurate, yeah.
2: Gabonese, right? So, the uh, yeah, the Gabonese uh, uh, striker, it looked like it was going to be a done deal. Uh, it looked like uh, all the basically terms had, had been agreed upon. Uh, I mean, the newspapers were even reporting just... Uh, how generous, I guess, uh, uh, Obama Young was himself and willing to take uh, a massive pay cut. And and, and again, based on the reports that I read earlier today, sort of almost come for free uh, or or play for free. (laughs) I don't know what you want to make of those reports, but clearly that wasn't the case. Uh, Clearly there was uh, uh, some sort of dispute uh, between uh, the two sides, uh, which now led Obama Young to take a flight back to London uh, to continue for the moment, at least, uh, to be an Arsenal player. Um, I have to say I was quite surprised by the, call it, you know, optimism or, you know, joy is too big of a word, but there were definitely some people in the newsroom that were quite excited for this, uh, transfer to actually happen. And, um, uh, you know, hailing it as a better signing or potential signing than uh, Morata could or would have been. Uh, And we had, you know, our little back and forth uh, with regards to that topic uh, with my fellow colleagues. Um, Look, I think, Kian, you know Obama Young and his track record uh, a lot better than mine. Mine is based on, uh, you know, the odd match that I would have seen here and there plus with the reports that I've really been reading about the player more than anything, more than the, his on-pitch uh, performances and, and, and productivity, or lack thereof. But, um, you know, I, I I do kind of feel that we dodged a bullet on this one. Um, you know, I think with Luke De Jong now coming into his own, uh, you know, having scored the, the, what has it been now, three or four go- goals since the turn of the, the year in 2022, um the chances that he's creating as well his fit within the system all this with still of course in mind the fact that we have uh memphis i was going to say ansufati but he'll be out for uh, of course uh, an extended period but memphis rather uh, who despite not being a peer number 9 i think can still be very valuable and productive for this team um all those things as well as the, the cohesion that Chavi's trying to create within this dressing room. And again, without knowing Obama Young personally, uh, so I'm not gonna judge him on, 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 on you know, I guess, <sighs> but I read from him from the papers. However, having said that, I also have to say that first impressions last, right? And my first or initial impression of uh, Obama Young uh, uh, over these past couple seasons has not been that great. So, again, without knowing exactly what happens in his private life, uh, you know, I do have, you know, I do that that he wouldn't have been the best fit for Barca in this winter transfer market. Uh, I don't know how he would have fit in a dressing room. I don't know what production he would have uh, delivered for the first team as well as a number nine in Xavi's system. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more keen on your assessment on this uh, non-signing at this point in time and you know based on, or judging from what uh how you were trying to jinx it and, and talk this into fruition I uh take it that your you know assessment of the player is not very positive uh, to say the least so you know if you could expand and, 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 and yeah I guess educate me on this one I would appreciate that
1: Well, I wholeheartedly agree. I think you guys did dodge a bullet. To me, this was very much a Bartomeu-type signing. And, like, to be clear, I don't think Obama-Yang, or Adama for that matter, I don't think, would have been at the top of the choice for Barca. I think it's probably not like... If you kind of created the... create Create a player profile in FIFA as, like, the prototypical Barcelona winger that they need, it wouldn't have been either of those two. But I think... They they wanted some kind of insurance either way to sign somebody rather than nobody. And I put out on Twitter, I was like, what the heck are Barca even doing with Obama Yang? Like, what's the plan? What's the vision? I think a lot of the responses were they're desperate to make sure that they qualify for Europe and Obama Yang helps them with that. And my rebuttal to that would be like, yeah, maybe he'll help in some capacity, but I don't think you guys... Know what version of Obama Yang exists? I don't know if you guys have actually seen him for the last two years. He's a shell of himself. He's not the same player he used to be. He's way past his peak. Um, the fact that Arsenal are literally trying to get rid of him for free when he's under contract should tell you something. And they're short on strikers, by the way. They don't like you know they they were trying to bring in Jovic. They're at Lacazette right now um, and uh, someone else whose name is slipping my mind. I apologize. They're thin at that position and. I would say, like, so, like, and the the biggest, the biggest reason I would say Barca didn't need him is because of what you mentioned as the primary reason, and that is you guys have Memphis. Um, I don't care what kind of form Memphis is in. It's not anywhere close to the form Obama Young is in, the funk that he's been in. And Memphis had an amazing start to the season. We can't forget that that doesn't just get lost over the last couple of months. He's still a great player. I think, like, The only thing I can maybe look at Obama Yang in terms of like what he might be better at is like just some of the stuff that in like pressing, he's a better presser than Memphis. Historically speaking, he's a slightly better goal scorer. But again, Memphis right now is just better at almost everything apart from that, apart from maybe those two things. And yeah, I I actually would probably take more out I probably would take Morata over Obama Young, too. Like, I, I, I honestly would as well in terms of, like, you know, slightly younger and can give you some moments in big games, can give you some other things other than goal scoring as well. Different players, obviously. Morata is going to be more of a central player. Obama Young can play on the left wing as well. But, again, you have Memphis for that exact type, exact reason. Like, so I just don't I don't really see the fit. Um, so I, I do think you guys dodge a bullet if, if it's true that it broke down.
2: Two questions, Kian, based on what you just said. Is he a better, because you said he's a more prolific goal scorer or used to be than Memphis. Uh, I would like to see the stats on that because my boy Memphis is not, you know, a bad goal scorer as well as, you know, of course we have to take into account the assists that he provides as well uh, are, 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 quite frankly, are a lot. Uh, So two questions. Is he a better finisher than Memphis and two, is he even an improvement? Not Memphis, but is he an improvement over Luke DeYoung? And I say that with all sincerity.
1: Well, um, the numbers say it. Again, we're talking about historical numbers here because it's you can't really like if you're gonna compare Obama Yang to anyone this season. He's good. Obama Yang is just worse than everyone basically. But we're talking about like historical numbers. Yeah, Obama Yang is at like point six. 1 goals per 90 minutes and Memphis's career is at 0.52 but Memphis does have the higher goals and assist ratio which is 0.79 per 90 minutes and obama Young's at 0.77 so i think like maybe from a collective perspective plus again all the other stuff like youth and and what he, what he is now i think Memphis is just definitely a better player what was the other qu- oh Luke de young um i mean i i guess you kind of know i mean you, you know what I feel how I feel about Luke De Young. I think he does a lot of good things off the ball, but he needs to just finish more. I don't know how much, like, yeah. this streak. He had the three games before the classical, and then he had the classical itself. You need more from him outside of that as well. It can't just be like a four or five-game hot streak. That's the thing with him, right? Um, but, yeah, so here we are. Well, oh, what about the other one, Demboos? Can you say anything about that? Is that is that has that broken down? What's going on there? With Dembele? Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, um, the way it stands is that uh, I mean, there's a complete standstill at the moment. Um, you know, obviously the club have made their intentions uh, heard and understood. Uh, it's either accept. The deal that we're giving to you, uh, or find another club. Now uh, it seems that uh, in these final hours, there's you know perhaps, perhaps the chance of a hail mary in the form of PSG. Uh, uh, again, and i this is not inside information whatsoever, but purely based on reports that uh, Barca are asking for 20 million uh, from PSG. My God, if we could get 20 millis, uh, you know, these uh, five, six hours uh, before the, the end of uh, the transfer deadline for Dembele, I mean, we have to consider that a resounding success Yeah. Uh, because I'm, I'm doubtful that PSG is willing to shell out uh, that kind of money um, for a player that's, uh, well, a liability, uh, let's be honest. So uh, I think any club right now would be happy to accept Dembélé coming uh, for free, meaning, uh, you know, not, not from a, a, a transfer, by a transfer rather, but uh, uh, yeah, running out his contract and, and, and getting whatever signing bonus, uh, I would imagine... That uh, although we have to see there as well, of course, because the signing bonus that uh, reportedly is being asked by his agent is, uh, let's say, a hefty one. So, you know, I think Dembele. I mean, both entities are, are in a difficult situation. You have Barca that wants to get rid of a player uh, that has shown that he is not committed to to the cause, and and therefore doesn't want to be. Uh, or the club doesn't want him to form part in a locker room that, of course, got a very important objective, that is to qualify for the Champions League spot. And on the other hand, you have Dembele, who surely would want to continue playing. Uh, There's a World Cup coming up. Uh, He doesn't want his stock, obviously, to uh, uh, fall any further. Uh, This is a player that still wants a very big contract that has a very uh, eager and very driven agent as well to make sure that he collects his uh in this deal and and in order for these things to happen I, you know tembele has to prove himself i mean uh, we talked about it in, on previous occasions this is a player that quite frankly hasn't proven his worth over these uh call it four and a half years that he's been at the club he has played you know 40 something percent of the matches uh being injured, is is disciplinary problems, etc., 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 and and what is happening currently certainly is not painting a, a better light of the player, neither. So, what what, what do you call that? You're in a, in a rock and a hardship. Uh, again, I'm butchering. Uh, rock and a hard place. <laughs> rock and a hard place. Yeah. Um, where you know, I I it's 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 really a game of sit and wait at the moment. I I, I mean, I think what is going to happen is a whole bunch of nothing where in the end we'll see a Dembélé that wasn't able to reach an agreement with any other team. We'll see a Barca that also was not able to find a suitor for the French forward. And we'll, see, you know, it'll come down to Xavi really to see if he's going to basically <clears throat> walk back on his previous statement where he said he wouldn't make use of a player Um, Although also there, I mean, he's kind of toyed with the idea that first of all, he would never leave a player uh, completely to the side. But of course, then he did say that there were only two options and that was either sign the contract or leave. So, you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I don't think that Barca can afford not to use a player if the likes of Dembélé, if he ends up staying at the end of uh, this transfer deadline thing.
1: Well, if PSG backs out, which it seems like that's the case now, it and I don't know who else would take him on at this point. So it seems like he might yeah, there's just
2: there's Chelsea. There's Chelsea with Tuchel you know, being there, his uh, ex coach from Dortmund, but
1: Well, we I guess we will find out in like six, seven hours or however many hours are left. We'll we'll find out soon. Um I did wanna squeak in a few more other teams here before you gotta go. Um Wow, it just got really dark. Sunset's fast, huh? Like, it's just, yes, I looked over fast. at the screen and you're driving and it's like pretty much nighttime now. Um, So, some Real Madrid things. And again, yes. we're not at the deadline yet, but we always kind of knew Real Madrid were going to have a quiet deadline. There were a lot of reports about Chua Many, which we've already talked about to death. Uh, today's reports were about Frank Kessier uh, of AC Milan. And uh, Lucas Navarrete, his source with the club confirmed that we were looking at him as a plan B if we don't sign Chouameni. My personal thoughts are uh not a fan. I've watched a lot of Cassier because I've been watching a lot of Brahim Diaz with Milan and uh I don't I don't love him. I don't love his style of play. I don't think he's nearly as good as Chouameni as like a defensive specialist midfielder plus uh uh he's not nearly as good at passer as Chouameni uh, and uh he makes mistakes. I don't I'm not a fan. So what I would say to that is I I hope that that's not true because if and part of the reason why he would be a Plan B is because Chuameni would be too expensive and if we're gonna if we're doing it for money reasons I'd rather just develop Antonio Blanco one of the guys we have at Castilla so I, I'm not I'm not huge on this signing um, the other one was well just that build reported that Kylian Mbappe was signed in done deal and I don't really know what to make of that because I'm not sure if that's really news it's just kind of something we already kind of knew, right? right? I mean, we'll know, we'll know, I think, more of things officially, obviously, by the summer and pro- possibly after the Real Madrid PSG games conclude. Um,
2: How do you think that um, The Shape will be <laughs> approaching this upcoming match in the Champions League, knowing or, yeah, you know, listening or reading all the reports that we read as well about, you know, the 50 million uh, salary agreement, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the flirting. I mean, are, are, is this the beginning of a new war breaking out between Real Madrid and PSG? Are we going to have the same enemy as well? Is this going to unite our two clubs even, even more?
1: Well, what would you say is the relationship between PSG and Barca?
2: It's it's non-existing. It's bad. It's
1: well, en- it's, it's enough fun. that you can still have conversations with them about them them booze to an extent. I yeah, mean, these but, guys are businessmen in the end. They put these things, things aside, but, like, I guess pretty, far...
2: They're also pretty petty.
1: For sure. But, like, what is it going to look like when Al-Nas, Khalafi sitting with, with Florentino in the in the box during the two games? That'll be funny. I'm sure the camera will will be panning on them nonstop. Sure. um You, we should talk about other teams, too. I mean, just quickly.
2: There's some interesting moves, man. There's some interesting moves. What I mean, the one that really had me and probably a lot of Barca fans either smirking or in disbelief, in my case, smirking, was, of course, uh, Eli Moriva, our right. boy, <laughs> taking a pay cut <laughs> to go to Valencia. So the reason why he didn't want to sign an extension with Barca was because he wasn't getting enough mula, and now he takes a pay to go to Valencia um, isn't it ironic? it's
1: Those gonna days. make you nice and warm and fuzzy inside huh you must love that um <laughs> it's crazy. well Daniel Wass also signed for Atletico. I, think I mean it's this a good is signing for yeah, not deadline day necessarily because he was already signed, but you know, just the fact that they got a right back. I don't think he's gonna give them production like Trippier did, but you know, I I think it probably was slim pickings and he came for cheap and it's not a huge risk for them to to bring him in. Um We got this one's not confirmed, but Giovanni Los Celso to via Real potentially. This has been looks like it's I mean it's been reported by f- several reputable places. I don't like that would be an interesting signing. Um I don't know like how he fits with Parejo and Tapue already there. But he is nice depth and nice insurance. He's a really good two-way box-to-box player. So it's an interesting one if that materializes. I think it it's probably not an urgent signing for them but definitely uh, in, uh a a good one. Um I What mean, else if, if-
2: yeah. if you get, uh, you know, last season, Betis Los Celso, that's it's a very nice signing. Um, yeah. You know, so I guess that's the big question uh, is what what version are you going to get from him? Um, and the same, of course, with with Brian Hill. I would imagine that uh, uh, Brian Hill linked with Valencia, uh, another potentially key signing for them. He'll, come also uh on loan until the end of the season uh i don't know how the boy's been uh, holding up over in tottenham but uh by the looks of it uh, he's eager to uh have more protagonism and more continuity and playing minutes and uh, again the move to valencia i think uh yeah is exciting for all of us that were excited uh and quite thrilled to see this young player uh dubbed uh, you know baby Cruyff because of his uh Physical appearance being very similar to that of a young uh, Johan. Yeah. But you know, return return to La Liga and uh, join. Uh, let's call them still an ambitious club under Valencia that have to do good, of course, with their fans, and a lot of pressure will be uh, have mounted over the years <throat> of Peter Lim to finally get this team uh, clicking again and competing uh, for you know Champions League or, or Europa call it European spots, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm excited for, for that um, return, for potential, let's say, return to the Liga, of Brian Gil.
1: We'll see how uh, Brian Gil and likes at Valencia. Brian Hill is someone we all want his career to be revived. It didn't work out at Tottenham. Um, so it'll be really interesting. I mean, they have they have some really, really good stuff happening on the wings there, right? I mean, with Gil with and Guedes and Soler and Musa they have a lot of, they have a lot of talent um those are the ones that kind of i guess caught my eye in term like we have a lot of movement within like the lower lower tiers of the league nothing that really would i think
2: what what i mean are you you, you said that um Madrid says we're not expecting any movements from the club is that <coughs> uh disappointing to you guys would you i mean it, is there an area where you said, "Well, we we clearly should have strengthened the number nine position, or uh, you know, or, or, or our defensive line, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where also you just like Real Madrid does not do much business in the winter time. There was there are outlier winters in our history that you know things have happened, obviously, but generally speaking we don't we're pretty quiet during the winter window or we'll do minor deals one or two kind of smaller deals we'll do in terms of like upgrades I mean it was going to be hard to find a backup striker for Benzema if you don't believe in Jovic because one like who who's that going to be you know I think it's it's really hard to find a player who would be happy to be Benzema's backup. first of all and and two also just who is that player going to be i mean i know jovic has struggled but i think the club still kind of believes in him to some extent they could have they could have sent him to arsenal alone they decided not to by all reports because they just were a little bit wary of not having anyone to back up benzema i don't i don't know how much faith remains with mariano so it's going to be hard i mean the one that we all want strengthened is the right back position the backup right back position but again who are you going to sign right now in this winter that would that would help you do that and you know they're already getting lucas vasquez minutes there so i don't they're probably just going to wait until the summertime so it's it's hard winter windows are, are tough i think for 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 us because it's hard to really find especially the last few years like the the positions we need filled are hard to fill in the winter i think so i i don't think we're surprised there are positions that need to be filled but i don't think we're surprised step into the world of power loyalty
0: at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.
2: Any any chance of uh, seeing Castilla players be uh, used in the front line at the, <coughs> the number nine position?
1: Um, I would say no. Um, not necessarily because we don't have talent in Castilla, but because Carlo Ancelotti does, does not does not okay. um trust trust young players like we have right now we have basically miguel who's a really talented left back he doesn't get he doesn't get the light of day antonio blanco doesn't get minutes i mean that's probably more understandable because of the, the amount of players we have in midfield um you know we have really good attacking players in in castilla you know whether it's latassa or good johnson or even like pacey wingers who are amazing like peter and Arribas. Who can also play false nine, and they're not—they're not really going to get much playing time because Ancelotti doesn't trust youngsters much. So I—I w- I would say no to that. I think they'd—they'd they'd probably go with Jovic or like Asensio false nine, Rodrigo, false nine, etc. So things like that will happen. But
2: you talked about uh Vaz replacing Trepier right?
1: Mm. We did
2: no, because I was—I was—I was, I was, I was uh, still referring to Elisha's. Uh, signing for Valencia, deeming that is a good one, uh, right. but I think it was getting mixed up with Bas. So that that is a done and dusted. Uh, but other than Bas, not not a whole lot of movement for uh, Cholo's team either. That quite frankly, that is a bit of a surprise as well, seeing how close they are, uh, you know, to 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 be leapfrogged, let's say, by Barca for that fourth Champions League spot for the moment at least.
1: Um we got it we can't remember we can't forget to take this question before i wrap it up um it's a question from our patron tapio musa who up, who uh wants to know our thoughts on the Giannis atentekumpo thing where after a loss he's eating chicken wings and laughing and saying we play <laughs> like shit. um so and tap taps references a tweet from ewan mcteer who says, who quote tweeted that and says that that wouldn't happen in European football. Or if it did, basically, um, the ghost of Pedrol would appear and the media would grill him. So Tap says, not really a question, but just a random thought piggybacking off of Ewan's tweet. Will Spanish media or football media in general ever be ready for this type of honesty from players? It always reminds me of the moments wherever media and fans lose their minds when a player is, for example, doing this or doing something as simple as chatting, smiling and hugging his buddies after the final whistle of loss as if humans are supposed to be robotic 100% of the time. Dio, can you think of examples like this in football?
2: There's, there's, There, there are lines that can't be crossed. Look, examples like this. Um. Well, the, you, do you remember, top of my head here Do you remember that time uh, when Barca played I remember the match, it was in the Colosseo Against Getafe, it was Halloween It was many years ago I want to say when Pep was still here Otherwise it must have been Lucho Or Tito, may rest in peace, or Tata I, I, I know I'm saying a whole bunch of coaches now But it was a while ago And after the match, uh, the Barca players, or a selection of the Barca players, ran out in the press room. Um, Kind of all masked up and and had their Halloween costumes on, you know, frightening the the journalists uh, as a joke, right? It was Gerard Piqué, it was Jordi Alba, I think Neymar was there as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Needless to say, that, quote-unquote joke didn't go over very well uh, to the Spanish press uh, for the reason you know that may whatever may be right whether it was a lack of professional need to blame. you know I, I think I laughed when I saw Giannis with his bucket of chicken, saying that they played like shit. Um, it was, for me, impossible to imagine this happening uh, in La Liga, for sure. Yeah. However, I also welcome uh, and, and, and congratulate that kind of naturalidad, right? That kind of naturalism, if you will. That kind of, uh, yeah, th- this, this lack of formality, I think, is also sometimes uh, refreshing. Right. It's kind of like, uh, OK, uh, we played like shit and we're going to do better next game. And the, the, the blame is on me, on the team. They played better than us. They shot the ball better. And we got to come out in a couple of days or a daytime and do better. And we will because we're the NBA champions <laughs> and I'm the league MVP. And I know we can do better and I demand better from the team. And, and that's it. Like, uh, you know, also I think obviously it, it, it was probably different, the fact that it, it was uh, uh, telematic, right? Uh, there, there was there were no journalists present, uh, which kind of dims or, or takes away from, let's say, the, the formality of these kind of post-match press conferences. Uh, Giannis felt like he was just on, on a regular old Zoom call probably. Um, look, I, I don't know, man. I, I I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I don't think that Giannis uh, meant any disrespect. I, I certainly wasn't offended as a viewer. I, I thought it was amusing. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, but that that's the NBA, right? We see players come out with their kids uh, sometimes on their laps and, and yeah, I, I, I don't uh, have an issue with that particularly.
1: As someone who hates formalities, I agree with that aspect of it. And also, like, if you think about what he said, he actually didn't say anything wrong. He said we played like shit. He was honest. It's better than beating around the bush. I think it was what brought people the wrong way was probably his body language and the fact that he looked like he was laughing about it. I like. I guess the other comparison I can think of from football perspective is when we lost against Chelsea in the Champions League and Hazard was caught on the field laughing with his former teammates and stuff.
2: Oh, but that, okay, yeah. There's plenty of incidents like that, yeah. Well,
1: just like I think fans really want to see players like upset after a loss. Like that's what they want to see. They want they want that the player suffer with them, and like you know. Uh, okay, but that's that's like
2: Kuman, uh, 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 yeah, slapping hands with and chuckling it up after PSG knocked us out of the Champions League last season. <laughs> yeah that uh, happened, I can't remember. Yeah, that happened, and then of course we had Long Live with uh, the Byron guys mm. uh, doing similar things. And I mean, I, for me, that's mixing two. Like one thing is addressing the press in, in in the press room and coming out with a bucket of chicken, which and and his finger licking good. <laughs> which you know, literally licking his fingers. And and I I guess I can sort of un, I can understand and see why. Journalists would question the sincerity of the answers that they're that they're about to pose, right? Because it, it's it's setting up a a formal interview, uh, with uh, let's call it an, an unusual way or like yeah, in in, in a not so uh, um, customary fashion, right? However, his answers were very direct and very honest, like you said, and I don't I didn't take any issue with that, so. Uh, but, but I I think something, I mean, again, like I said, for me, it's mixing two things that, uh, the chuckling it up with opponents after a very heavy and important defeat. Now, you know, I don't think, I think a one-off match in the NBA in a regular season is not an important defeat. So I think there, I would always also distinguish between playoffs or Champions League knockouts, you know, compared to regular season.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like that, I think that's the key thing too. In basketball, it's a little bit different because there's games every night. The margin of error is more. People kind of sleepwalk through the season and the playoffs, they wake up. I also think if anyone is able to get away with something like this, it's probably someone like Giannis because he just won the championship. And we just know it doesn't matter what they, if they lost this game, if they if they get it done in the playoffs, right? So I, that, that, that's, a, that's a contest. Imagine if yeah. Gareth Bale did this. Oh, my God. He comes out <laughs> after a loss, brings out some chicken wings and a whale's flag and starts laughing. <laughs> my God, murder. I don't think he'd make it back home after that.
2: Or he's sitting there with, with two golf balls in the interview, just going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I can see that you're home and uh, you go and enjoy enjoy some dinner. Nothing much to to really talk about this transfer window so far.
2: Okay, no updates, right?
1: And uh, maybe we'll put out some some tweets uh, after midnight. Okay, cool. Yeah, if something something ground earth shattering happens, Diego, thanks, my man. Appreciate it. Glad you made it home safe. We'll talk soon.
2: Likewise, we'll so speak Friday.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.